Hallelujah. What a great, great testimony. In fact, each of the people that have shared over the course of these past few weeks, it's just, it's been encouraging to hear what God is doing in people's lives, how he is blessing them as they honor God in putting him first in their finances. And I'm going to come back to the word that Ruby shared here in just a few minutes, because really what she shared could just preach to all of us that God's word works, that God's word, when we trust God's word, it works. Um, but before then, I, before we get back to, I want to, I want to just say a, a welcome to all of you today, that it's so great to hear from, uh, to see each and every one of you, to be here, to worship with you. And, and I felt this week as I was preparing that God put um, just a word of encouragement for me to share with you, and kind of with all the things that are going on, I'm like, where does this fit? So I'm just going to do it here right at the beginning. And I just really felt like the Lord wants to speak to each and every one of you that good days are coming. Good days are coming. The challenges, the difficulties that you face, God says good days are, are coming. In fact, he even said it this way, God days are coming. So dust off your dreams Begin to pray into your dreams because I believe that God is going to bring a great, great release to dreams. Amen? I just want to encourage you that God hears your dreams. But I want to make a couple announcements here. I want to encourage you as we are now in full swing of Easter season. We're two weeks away from Easter. I can't believe it's almost already here. We're going to have a great Good Friday service at noon uh, on the Friday before Easter. I hope you can come and be a part of that. But I want to encourage you to do something courageous, maybe bold for you. Invite somebody to join you at church. This is a great season where people are more open to coming and being a part of church. Maybe it's the one time of year that they will come is on an Easter Sunday. So invite somebody, whether they join with you here in person, which I, I highly recommend, or even online. They can, you can watch together with people. It is a great, great thing. Secondly, I want to encourage you to come tonight back to our first Sunday. We started it a month ago. The first Sunday of each month, uh, at least uh, in the, the fall, spring, and winter, we are going to be doing first Sundays where we have a time of extended worship, uh, prophetic declarations, pray together. I want to encourage you to bring your family, come to it. We're starting it at 6 o'clock, so it doesn't go too late. It goes from 6 to 7.30. You don't want to miss it. And then uh, something that wasn't in our pre scroll this coming Friday at 7 a.m. here at the church we are going to have a meeting for um, a, a gathering that we do once a month that hasn't been something maybe we've announced as much but it's called kingdom builders it's for businessmen businesswomen people that have a heart for business we want to invite you to come and join together as we pray together we pray over businesses we share ideas we share thoughts we talk about the kingdom of God, and how we can grow the kingdom of God. This Friday, 7 a.m. at Eastside City Church. Anyways, I'm really excited today to share uh, uh, another episode, our last episode of In God We Trust. In God We Trust. And here's what we believe here at Eastside City Church. We believe that a heart that fully trusts God will lead to greater peace in our lives, stronger protection, and abundant provision. When we fully trust God, especially with our money, it opens the door to his blessing and favor over every 
area of our life. It's not just for our finances. It's for our relationships. It's for our mental, spiritual health. I believe God blesses us. And I believe that trusting God creates opportunities and releases freedom. And I'm believing God for a greater release of freedom in your life. But here's where I want to start today. The title of this message is called The Big Test. Who here likes tests? Oh, some of you, you teacher, I got teachers here. They like, <laughs> but you have to grade all those tests. Okay. Well, what, I, I want to talk about a big test that happened in my life. For the first seven years in Canada, uh, I came from the U.S. in 1994. I worked for an auto parts company. It was my job. I transferred uh, from a company that I worked at in the States while I was going to college down there. I transferred it up here, and I worked for an auto parts company. But when I got up here, I had to start at the very beginning, do the basics. I began by sweeping floors and stacking shelves, doing all that stuff. If you've ever done warehouse work, that's usually where you start. But eventually, I was allowed to... Um, uh, help oversee and arrange uh, deliveries and parts pickups to southern Alberta and, and so southeastern British Columbia. Uh, finally, after two years, I became a salesman who went from repair shop to repair shop, um, caring for customers and selling auto parts. It was my job, and it was a great job. I was, I was only 26 years old at the time. I was the youngest salesman in our company by 10 years, and this was a great job. In fact, it doubled my salary from where I was uh, doing the shipping and receiving and all that stuff. By du It doubled my full salary, and I remember in my first month of being a salesman, my sales manager took me to a repair shop that was struggling financially. And so what he said that we were going to do is that we were going to return some of the inventory to help uh, this customer be able to take care of their bills. And I remember while we were packaging, I remember I've only been here a month, while we were packaging the inventory, my sales manager said to me, he said, Todd, see that? There's, there's three of those air filters there. He goes, we're only going to, I only want you to mark two on the return. I was like, what? He said, we need to recoup some of our losses. This guy's been fleecing us for years. He said, I just want you to mark two there. And immediately, I don't know about you, but my palms began to get a little bit sweaty. I, I began to panic because I didn't feel comfortable with what he was asking me to do. You know, I, I shared this. Because I was so young, I was 26, this was a great job. My salary had been doubled. I, I was like, what in the world's happening to me? Is this a trap or a test? And I worried that if I didn't obey, would I be reprimanded or worse yet, would I be fired? In that moment, I realized there was a cho the choice I was about to make would define my character and test my faith. With every bit of courage I could muster. I told my boss that I could not do what he asked me to do either now, in that moment, or in the future. And for two minutes, he just stared at me, peering into my soul. And then a wry smile came on his face. I worked for him for another five years until God called me to full-time ministry. You see, tests are called tests because they test you. I know, incredible logic here, right? 
See, I remember in school, that in school days, tests could be especially challenging if, if you weren't prepared for the test. Now, who here have faced that? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. If you never, if you weren't ready for your test, I don't, I, I, one of the things that I thought was incredible, especially when I was in high school and college, was that people that really never acknowledged their need for God, when test time, time, time came, it was all of a sudden they, they asked God for all of this help. They believed him for miracles to happen. If they weren't prepared, they would ask for, and now I grew up in uh, the Pacific Northwest, they would say, they pray for snow. Because where I grew up, if it snowed even a millimeter, they canceled school. People didn't go to work. So you would pray that there would be snow. They also prayed for, you know, this is sad, but, you know, sickness. Just a, a little touch of the flu for yourself or for your teacher, just so that you wouldn't have to take the test. And then there was always the act of God. You know, the teacher's car wouldn't start. You know, things like that. You do. And every once in a while, a miracle would occur, and the test would be postponed, and there would be relief and celebration. You know what? I have to be honest. I may not always like it, but I've come to realize that tests are important. So all the teachers, come on, amen, amen. There you go. You see, tests reveal what we know and what we don't know. There are things that maybe we need to learn because we, it exposes those areas in our lives. They can reveal our strengths, but also expose our weaknesses. It shows progress, but also reveals where our skills or our skill sets need that improvement. I know I train athletes all the time. We test them to see where are they at? What do they need to improve on? Where do they need to get better? Better, You see, because a test will show progress. Now, certain, for certain jobs, you can't move forward until you pass the test. I mean, who here is thankful that people have to take a driver's test? Some of... People I know maybe should take two of those. <laughs> Who here is thankful that the pilot, that the airline that you're flying on had to pass some tests? You know, wouldn't it be something if you got on, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, my name is your captain Todd here today. And, uh, you know, I just uh, was watching television the other night and decided to be a pilot. And here I am. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sit back, relax, and enjoy the life. I'm, th I'm grateful that the doctor performing my hernia operation had to pass a few tests. You see, to trust in God with everything, including our finances, is a test, a test of our faith. I believe this, that faith is not real faith until it has been tested, until we have faced some challenges. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4 says it like this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Oh, you know, this is a scripture that when I get to heaven, sometimes I'm like, God, I want to punch you for that one. I'm just being honest here. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a what? A chance to grow. Oh, there's a so let it grow. For listen to this. For when your endurance is fully developed, here's God, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Another translation says lacking nothing. You see, the tests that God allow us to go through are for our own good, our own benefit, because when we go through them, he says that you will be perfect, complete, lacking or needing nothing. Hallelujah. 
You see, as a young Christian, I believed and I was praying for that there would be a season of my life where I would be challenger test-free because I'd had a little bit of a rough childhood. I was hoping I would graduate one day and that there wouldn't be any more tests. I, I hoped there would be a moment where all my relationships were good, my personal habits were strong, and that my faith in God would come to a place where I would just, it would take so little, e- so little effort, it would just be a life of ease. But who here knows that's fool's gold? Because the reality is that life is an arena of constant testing. That though we pass tests, though we graduate things, there's always a new challenge that God allows us to walk through. Why? Because it strengthens us, it benefits us. As the Bible says, it's the testing that we may gain strength and endurance. And if you have the wrong perspective about tests, you will miss the opportunity for growth, for promotion, and the blessing that the test provides. You see, it's not meant to harm us, but to prepare us for the next level and allow us to be successful. And I want you to know this today. As I'm speaking to you, my prayer for every single one of you here today is that you, I'm believing for your continued growth and success in your life. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. Money is a test. God gives us money, and it's a big test. It tests our hearts. How does it test our heart? Well, if you remember in week one of this series, I said it reveals our priorities or our motives. If you want to see where somebody's motivations are, what is it that that makes them go? Look at their bank account. You see, what we see, when we see what is important, we, we can see what is important to us based on where we put or spend our money. We, where we spend our money shows what is the most important things in our heart. You see, money tests our heart. It also shows our character. I like to call money the great enhancer. It reveals or enlarges our true character. If you are kind and you are generous towards people, when God blesses you and gives you more money, you will continue to be kind and generous. If someone is a jerk... <laughs> When they have a small amount of money, guess what? (laughs) They'll be an even bigger jerk with more money. If we value image, we will use our finances to enlarge our image. What do people think about us? How do they see us? What What do they believe about us based on the things that we have or we do? If we're fearful of not having enough money, we will hoard our resources in a stingy manner because we will be afraid there will never be enough. You see, it just enhances who we already are. But money also exposes our faith or trust in God. Do we believe God is our provider? That all the resources in the world belong to him? And that he's willing and able to meet all our needs in any season? Or do we believe that we are our own providers, then if we use the world's financial system, we can provide for ourselves and our own family. And I've got to say this. In the, in the title in God we trust, either we, we really believe that, we believe that that's how we live our life, or it's just a cliche. Words that we say. And I, I've got to tell you, I've been in the church since I was 11 years old. I've been to a few different churches, and we as Christians sometimes, we're really good at cliches. Like, well, how are you doing? God is good. 
We say it, but do we believe it? Do we live it? Do we live our lives like it's that way? You see, is God somebody that we trust? Do we believe in him or is it just something we say because it sounds like the right thing to say? Well, what is the test? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. To trust, we trust God. We show God that we trust him. How? By putting him first. Why can we trust God? Again, a little review here. We trust God because God has continued and has been and will continue to provide for us. He takes care of us. We can trust God because he doesn't lie. You see, what he says in his word is true. If we believe that the Bible is God's holy word, he doesn't lie. He's fulfilled every promise that he's ever made. He knows what's best for you. In fact, he knows you. I shared a few weeks ago that he knows how many hairs are on your head or not on your head. He is perfect. He's perfect in all of his ways. The things that he does don't always make sense to us, but God has a purpose behind what he's doing, and he does the things that he does. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us completely, and he gave Jesus, his son, as a means to show us how much he loves us so that we can have a relationship with him. You see, you see, because of all of these things, God deserves to be number one in every part of our life, especially with our money. So what is the test? Well, the test is to put God first. How do we do it? The first part means to start with the tithe. It means to give the first 10% right off the top of what God has given us and blessed us with. It makes it so easy to remember. I want you to hear this. I believe this, that you can do more with 90% that God has blessed than with 100% that is not blessed. That is God's crazy math, but it works. And I've seen it work. I've walked it out in my life. You see, I believe this, that the first part of our resources redeems the, the, the rest. Why is this important? Who here would say that the world worships money? Why? Because money can buy you so many things. Power. It can buy you stuff. It can make you look successful. But here's the, what we have to understand. Because there is a, such a greed and love for money, it has put a curse on our money called the spirit of mammon. You can look this up in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And I believe this. When we give the first part back to God, it breaks that curse and releases his blessing. God's money equals God's rules. But I have to say this, I gotta be honest, that putting God first with our money is a test because it's not always easy. And just because you did it before, when you have to do it again, sometimes it's still a challenge. Who would say that? <laughs> it's not easy to give, especially when we face other challenges in our life. The pressure can be intense. I know it, because I've lived it too. When you're short on your finances, the least logical action would be to, be to do what God asks us to do, to give some of your money away. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Okay, I'm struggling. I'm short. I'm short on cash. Uh, God, you want me to give? Now, wait a second. That doesn't, that, 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 that doesn't work, God. but God says, yes, it does. I remember a time when Jan and I were especially short on money. We'd had our first child, Lindsay, 
which it was so awesome. I was so excited. It was my, our first child. It's my baby girl. Um, I, I mean, I, I love that kid. I just, uh, she's visiting family down in, uh, in the States right now, and we just miss her to pieces. But that was our first baby. And so like most uh, families, after the birth of our daughter, my wife went on maternity leave. Now, maternity leave is great for spending time with your baby, but it's not so great for your finances. Because if you don't know this, if you haven't been a part of this, yes, the government gives you some money, but it's usually 50 or 60% of what you made when you were working. It's not the same. And for us, this was compounded. I, I got to share this because during this season of our life, my wife was the main breadwinner in our family. She was a nurse. I was a youth pastor. You figure it out. <laughs> it was not long until we found ourselves with more month than money. And here's the rub of the story, because I'm going to just get right down into this, the nitty-gritty. This, is a, this, if the, this was a challenge, and I know this will challenge some of you right now. Do I pay my tithe, or do I buy needed formula and diapers? Come on, it does not get any more like, mm-mm-mm, right there. Feed my baby, or give God what is due to him. Now, some, I want you to say this word with me, Test. Say big test. You see, it doesn't get any more real than this. And, and you can try to justify your way around the truth. You heard what Ruby said. God's word works. Either you believe that or you don't believe it. And here we were faced with this challenge. And, 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 and in that moment of challenge, my wife and I, we swallowed hard, offered up our prayers and chose to give to God. And here's what happened on my way to work the next day as I was driving through our neighborhood. I noticed right before the stop sign, something pink just under the surface of the snow. And to my surprise, as I got out of the car, I'm curious, I got out of the car and I dug it up a little bit and right there was a, fi a crisp $50 bill. I cried tears of joy as I called my wife to share with her the miracle. You see, it's not just my word, but it is the testimony of many others putting God first works. I loved, I loved hearing Ruby's touching account of God's provision for her life. Wasn't that awesome? You see, it's a beautiful story of faithfulness, not only of God's faithfulness to them, but of her faithfulness, her husband's faithfulness, in the, uh, regardless of their personal challenges, how they were determined to trust God with their finances. They realized in their place of need, they could not afford to quit tithing, but needed to press in even more. I love when she made the statement, and I've said it a few times already, God's word works. God's word works. Let that sink in. I think that should be a bumper sticker that we put on our cars. God's word works. Say it with me. God's word works. Let's try it again. We're, if I was a choir director, sorry, Margo, I failed. I got to work on it. That's why I hire other people that do those kind of... Okay, let's do it. One, two, three. God's word works. Much better class. Good job. You see, their giving was not out of a place of abundance, 
but in a time of great need. And remember, tests not reveal not only what we know, but what we believe. She and her late husband believed God when he said this in Malachi 3.10, test me in this, test me in what? Test me in this, listen to Malachi 3.10, what it says. It says, bring the whole storehouse that there may be food in my, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not that there will not be room enough to store it. Is the, am I reading the Bible or am I reading something else here today? You see, God's words work. See, here's what God says: this. God says, test me in this. I don't know if you've ever seen or, or heard about this, but I don't believe that we're really ever called to test God much in the Bible. In fact, I remember a story in the New Testament where Jesus was taken to the, the temple and, 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 and Satan told him, throw yourself off of this temple and, and God's angels will come and pr- uh, protect you. And Jesus said, no, we, we're not, we don't test the Lord our God. That, that's wrong. But here in this moment, he's, he says, we are told that we are called to test God. You see, not only is tithing uh, the tithe a test for us, but it is an opportunity for God to show himself faithful. And he says, what he's really saying here is, put my word to the test and see if what I say is not true. So what is he asking us? He says, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. Not some of the tithe, but all of it. I remember from math, my teachers would say that a whole number is a full number. See, it's the whole thing. And what is the storehouse? I believe this, the storehouse in our context is the church. It's where we attend. Why is this important? Because God said that there will be food in his house. Not only is God talking about provision for you and your family, but I believe that when we honor God, it opens his word to be spread into our hearts so that deeper truth and understanding is released as we honor God with what we do through our giving. Tithing is a natural act that releases spiritual blessing. He makes promises in the Bible that he obligates himself to fulfill. Wow, God's word promises that when we give by faith, it opens the window of heaven and it brings abundant provision. I say this before, we don't give to get, but we give to glorify God. However, when we honor God, he cannot help but pour out his provision and blessing on our lives because it's who he is. You see, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme, but a reliance on God's character. And I want to make this statement. This is my big statement today. I've never met a person who has walked in this principle that has lacked anything for very long. Sure, they sometimes are tested, but they always end up ahead. That's what God does. So here's the question for us today. What are we going to do? For those of you that have made this a part of your life, I want to encourage you, continue to press and continue to honor God. But maybe for some of you, you're still in that place of, I I just don't know, Pastor Todd. I'm not sure about that. 
You know, I believe that we should give, but man, there's so many things that come around me. You see, the decision to give comes from a place of conviction or it will be from a place of convenience. Conviction says this, I will give to God first. Convenience says I will give when it works for me. Conviction says I will give first regardless of the situations or challenges I face. Convenience says that sometimes I need to take care of other things first before I can do what God has asked me to do. You see, the big test is to choose each day to live and give because of conviction, not because of a change in our situation or our circumstances, but because it's the right thing to do because we trust God for our provision. God says, test me with your tithe. Here's what I feel like God challenged me this week to throw out there. I believe we're called to put our money where our mouth is, so to speak. I believe God and his word so much for those who have never committed to tithing that if you will honor God, you will do what he's asked you to do, that you are going to receive the provision and the blessing for things that you need. And we're going to do this through what I call the 90-day challenge. This hasn't been my idea. There's a lot of churches that have done this. What is the 90-day challenge? It's this. It's a commitment to give God the first 10% of your income. We know God will respond to your obedience by fulfilling his promises. But here's what I want you to know. If he does not hold true to his promises, we as a church will refund you 100% of your tithe. God's word, either, either I, I believe it or I don't. And it's not to be a gimmick, it's to say, God, you're real. And you're real about this area. So if you want to be a participant in this and you're saying, okay, all right, I'm going to step up here. What do I do? Well, at our info desk here, we're asking that you would, you would sign up to be a part of this opportunity. It's not a challenge, it's an opportunity. And what we're asking you to do is as you give on an envelope or you give online, we already have a category for it, you just need to write 90 days. And, and, I, and, I, and I say this, if at the end of that time, God hasn't blessed you and, and, and poured into your life more than you've ever seen, whether it's in your finances, I believe it's going to overflow into other things, we're going to give you your money back. You see, I'm believing God's going to transform and bless many of you like you've never seen in your life. And you see, I, I'm believing God for great things for our church here today. And in fact, I want to close with this. I want to pray for those who need miracles in their life. Maybe you need a miracle. Maybe your miracle isn't in the area of finances. You see, my God is bigger than finances. Maybe you're here today and you're sick in your body. I believe God can heal you. And I want to pray today that God would touch you. God would heal you. Maybe you're at a place where you have a, a, a strained relationship. Maybe things aren't going the way that you, you'd like. Maybe your marriage is in a little bit of trouble. We're going to pray that God is going to touch and heal your relationship. Maybe you need guidance. You don't know how to, what, the, a decision that you're just struggling with to make. I believe that God speaks to us.
Maybe you do need provision. I know somebody that owns it all. (laughs) His name is Jesus. And he wants to help you. He's here to help you. But you gotta ask him and you gotta trust him. And you gotta, what he's saying is you gotta put him first. Be willing to put him first. That's what he asks from you.